do you want to prevent worldwide diseases, promote human health, and break down healthcare inequalities? Well, check in with me, Jamie Kirkpatrick, and explore global health topics that affect you. With the help of our sponsor, Acura Incorporated, the leader in patient-first radiotherapy systems that make cancer treatment shorter, safer, personalized, and more effective, we'll check in around the world so you can be more informed and learn to affect change globally and for yourself. When I was in middle school, my favorite nanny was a young woman named Barbie. She was not only my caregiver, but came to be a close family friend. So I was shocked that this young woman, now married with three kids, was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Like everything Barbie does in her life, she has approached it with her amazing smile and positive attitude. Barbie has now finished multiple rounds of chemo, two major surgeries, and six weeks of radiation, and I know she's going to beat this. But it got me thinking. She was diagnosed at 34 years of age. 34. In this episode of Global Health, Checklist for a Healthy Life and World, we will discuss what breastcancer.org suggests impacts about 1 in 8 U.S. women, or the 12.4% who will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of their lifetime. Breastcancer.org goes on to say that for women in the U.S., breast cancer death rates are higher than those for any other cancer, aside from lung cancer. And besides skin cancer, breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer among American women. But it's not just a problem in the United States. According to the World Health Organization, breast cancer is the top cancer in women worldwide and is increasing particularly in developing countries where the majority of cases are diagnosed in late stages. Today, I will interview Fiona Wilmot to get her two cents on this major public health issue and delve into her work with Breast Cancer Action. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. So, today we're speaking with Fiona Wilmot. She's a consultant working with Breast Cancer Action, or who has worked with Breast Cancer Action in San Francisco, California. Fiona received her undergraduate degree from Stanford University, went on to receive her doctorate from Boston University, and later her master's in public health from the University of California, Berkeley. So you have a remarkable educational background. Uh, Would you mind sharing with us the highlights of your education and your inspiration behind seeking a master's in public health? Great. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to speak with you. I'm very impressed by you doing this. And this is some of why I really went into medicine and also why I'm very interested in both the public health aspects and also the management, because what I've been able to do in my career is combine my clinical background with my interest in health policy and evidence-based medicine, and also my practice in the health plan side, looking at how we manage and look at outcomes. What I was interested in was looking at the bigger picture. You also get to look at some of the social determinants of health. And I think in our country, we have a quite an uneven safety net. We have the idea that people need to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Public health is a way to alert or keep in mind that people's health doesn't have to do just when they're ill, but it has to do with a lot of things, you know, how they grow up, what kind of food they get to eat, do they live in a safe place, and things like that. The example that always comes to my mind is that if somebody comes to the uh, emergency room with chest pain, you know, say a 55-year-old man, we'll do an EKG, we'll do a stress test, we'll do a cardiac bypass if needed, and figure out, you know, what's going on with his heart. But 
We're going to expect someone like this to eat healthy meals. We are going to expect somebody to be able to take medicines when they may not have insurance to cover medications. So it's, it's completely upside down how we do our health care in the United States. And so looking from the public health aspect, you get to look at the other way around. You get to look at the what you could affect more generally, and then that will then trickle down to the individual. Wow, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I've never really thought about that. I would love to delve into your work with Breast Cancer Action. Can you tell us about what drew you to BCA and a few examples of the projects you've worked on? So first of all, I'd like to say that Breast Cancer Action is an amazing organization, which I have followed for years, even in my residency. And what drew me to Breast Cancer Action is that they seem to be one of the only voices of, I'd say, reason in a very difficult, confusing, and anxiety-producing disease process. So what Breast Cancer Action does is it looks at studies, new medications, new treatments, new testing, and puts it in context. Because instead of reading in the morning news or People magazine about, you know, a celebrity or a drug company who has used a new medication and been cured, what Breast Cancer Action does is look at the bigger picture and helps it look at what do the new treatments really mean, how does it fit with the current standard of care, and how would that pertain particularly to the care that a woman is receiving. You know, in our country, you know, we're a market-based economy, and one of the markets that is very successful in our country is pharmaceuticals. And um, certainly we've had developments in pharmaceuticals that have come through the U.S. that have been very important, very life-saving, but they come at a tremendous cost. And also, we don't really look at how they might be useful for an individual. And so Breast Cancer Action keeps themselves objective and really is able to look at that. All right, and so you kind of touched on this, but according to Executive Director Karuna Jagger, BCA is the only organization in the U.S. that addresses the breast cancer epidemic at the intersection of breast cancer, the environment, social justice, and feminism. Can you share how this has influenced your work with them? What Karuna helped me understand is kind of the same picture that we just talked about in public health, because what the world does really is it says that breast cancer is an individual's problem. So if a woman gets breast cancer and a man, then what needs to be done is looking at what her tumor or his tumor looks like, how to treat it, how to manage symptoms. And what Karuna helped me understand is that breast cancer is an environmental issue. It's not an individual issue. We know not that much about breast cancer, but what should be important to our legislators, to our researchers, and things like that is the bigger picture. What causes breast cancer or what may make it worse? How do we detect it early? What are good detection tests? What is the role of genetics in breast cancer? It's sort of the same thing as sort of turning the triangle the other way around rather than it be focused on the individual. The other part for the social justice and feminism, you know, because breast cancer is a disease mostly of women and because women in our country who are less well off, have less access to health care, do much more poorly with breast cancer. They show up with more advanced tumors and they do less well with treatment. So that's why it's a social justice issue. Right. Thank you. In BCA's 25th anniversary 2015-2016 annual report, Melina Marvin, a breast cancer survivor, is quoted as saying, it's one thing to put carcinogens into the world, 
quite another to slap a pink ribbon on that crap. I love that Breast Cancer Action doesn't let them get away with it. Can you give us an idea of what she's referring to? So fighting the pink ribbon onslaught has been a huge goal of Breast Cancer Action because, you know, the pink campaign is something that it's ubiquitous. And and one of the one of the examples Karuna likes to give is there was actually a I think it was a fracking company who painted their drills pink, which is the most oxymoronic thing you can imagine. Because there's evidence that fracking in, in fact puts a lot more toxins in the world. You know, that pink campaign does not do what it purports to do or what people think it does. And it really is pink washing. You know, not really focusing again on the more environmental or the bigger picture. The pink campaign is just, Karina would say this too, it's another way to focus on the individual because it focuses on the person who is buying the pink thing. It makes that person feel better, which, you know, we want people to be able to contribute. But again, it doesn't follow through with any outcomes or promise for what people think really the campaign would be doing. There was another quote that came from Lydia Langford. She said, thank you for being a responsible, trustworthy voice of reason and information in this terror shitstorm of breast cancer and breast cancer information. So what in your mind are some of the sources of this shitstorm of misinformation? You know, a couple of things. One is our media. You know, this happens not just with breast cancer, but the media is forever publishing new results of a single study or some small findings on a study where there may be a positive outcome. And my question always is, what is the meaningful benefit of what the study shows? So it's not just if a tumor shrinks, that's important, but if a tumor shrinks and it doesn't give a woman any um, additional quality or quantity of life, then it's meaningless. And if it doesn't give additional life with quality, it's also meaningless. So what happens is our press and media jumps on these single studies and makes things very confusing. Women are very terrorized by breast cancer in a way that I think is one of the unusual things about breast cancer because I'm not sure that men are as fearful of prostate cancer as women are made to be of breast cancer. So what we have is all of this information which is not connected uh, one to the other and when you're making decisions about some abnormality seen on your mammogram, then all of this stuff comes flooding in. And it's no wonder that a woman, her family, and certainly her provider as well, really have a clarity of what should be done next. In our hashtag-driven world, I'm moved by the words of Karuna Drager, BCA's executive director, who we mentioned before. The Mm -hmm. country is at a crossroads, and people across the country are calling for social justice as a part of broad and powerful growing movement. Hashtag MeToo is pushing back on patriarchy and entrenched misogyny. Hashtag Black Lives Matter is shining a light on police violence and racism. Hashtag Never Again is changing the conversation about gun violence. Breast Cancer Action is challenging the cancer industry as we leave the hashtag cancer resistance. In your mind, what can we do to end the breast cancer epidemic, and what are the social justice implications? To end an epidemic, what you really need to know is what causes it. And Mm -hmm. we have different kinds of etiologies of breast cancer. You know, we do have definitely there's a genetic familial for BRAC1 and 2. But other than that, we don't know a lot of what the reasons are for folks who do get breast cancer, because I said it's sporadic. 
Again, so to end a, an epidemic, you need to know what causes it. And then you need to know how to treat it. So those are, in my mind, still very open questions. So I think we need more targeted research. We need researchers to work together, and we need to coordinate this with pharmaceutical companies and the FDA who are either developing drugs or doing trials to help understand breast cancer better. The social justice implications are actually similar, again, to the social justice implications of the other two hashtags of hashtag Black Lives Matter and hashtag never again. We have tremendous disparity in our country along ethnic, racial, socioeconomic lines, and breast cancer and health indices go right along with that. So in summary, I'd say that, again, to have this breast cancer epidemic end, we need to know how and why, and then we need to continue to even up the social inequalities that we have in our country. So unfortunately, it appears that things are getting worse as far as the inequality part is going. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing and shedding a light on BCA. I really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Likewise, Jamie. I think these are very important topics and they're things that I think about. I have to say what I try and do is keep a positive view on things, particularly in the social justice, because it applies to all health indices and it applies mm-hmm. to how well and happy people live. So I am looking forward to that we'll see some changes in the next several years around more attention and commitment to social justice issues mm-hmm. with our legislators. If you're like me, you can't help but be impressed with the doggedness that BCA's team of strong, independent leaders has done and is doing to be our watchdog for the breast cancer movement. And as Dr. Fiona Wilmot noted, they truly do act as voices of reason in a very difficult, confusing, and anxiety-producing disease process. Find out how you can take action, get updates, or, better yet, become a community leader for change by visiting bcaction.org today. You can also register for BCA's free webinars featuring topic experts who offer independent, unbiased information on important breast cancer issues. And the next time you get a pink ribbon bumper sticker or a pin to put on, check out thinkbeforeyoupink.com for a list of questions to ask before you buy pink or before you choose to walk for breast cancer. Here, you will also find the Think Before You Pink toolkit to give you the real information behind pink ribbon marketing. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Dr. Fiona Wilmot again, today's guest and expert on global health issues. Until next time, this has been Jamie Kirkpatrick with Global Health, Checklist for a Healthy Life and World.